When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome in to the NFL Mocks Podcast. I am your humble host, Brooks Austin, and I'm coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. And as always, I got my buddy out there, Sarah Bettinger in Omaha, Nebraska. Sarah, how we doing tonight? Doing great, man. Doing great. Uh, loving this time of year, man. It's a, it's a grind, but we get to we get to kind of just talk about things that we think can happen, man. And that's favorite thing it's my favorite thing hypothetically can't can't really be wrong about that you just get to dream things up and so here we are we're talking about football in june we're some of the only guys doing that but i love it man it's fun yeah definitely i mean it is a little tough to find some you know things to talk about this time of the season but you know it's what they pay us the big bucks to do here on the nfl mocks podcast Mm -hmm. and by big bucks i mean absolutely nothing but um that's that's nonetheless we do it we do it for the fun we do it for the love um but yeah i mean we've got a great show for you guys playing tonight as we always do uh athlon sports they're a college football website uh they've got some pretty good stuff over there uh, on athlonsports.com they just came out with their 2019 preseason all american team we'll be going through those tonight uh kind of give you maybe some of our areas where we might disagree with some of their selections at least on the first team and then after that after we chat that up a little bit and direct some uh usage to their site over at athlon sports uh we're going to do a little bit of what we like to call a new segment here on nfl mocks podcast called blazing takes uh we're going to give you a little hot takes because everyone loves some good hot takes Mm. uh and then of course we'll close out with you hate to see it like we've been doing over the last couple weeks of shows. So, Sarah, are you ready tonight, man? Are you ready for tonight's episode? Are you juiced? Are you pumped? I'm juiced, man. I'm ready. Let's do this. All right, dude. So we're going to, like we said, start with that Athlon Sports uh, preseason All-American team. And obviously, we'll start at the quarterback position. Uh, and they seem to believe that Tua Tugavaloa uh, out of Alabama has the helm, or excuse me, the hold for the number one position there in the All-American team, followed closely by Trevor Lawrence. And then uh, two running backs, they took Jonathan Taylor and Travis Etienne out of Clemson, obviously Taylor from Wisconsin. Uh, two wide receivers, they took Der- Jerry Judy out of Alabama and Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State. And then 
and forgive me, Albert, we're just going to call you the big O there from Missouri at tight end. Uh, I'll butcher that last name. And then some centers, we got Tyler uh, Days. How would you pronounce that, Sarah? Uh, the center from Wisconsin. I, yeah, I don't know. Be I would almost even go like Biadaz, but I have no idea. I think Biadaz is what we're going to go with right there. And then you got Walker Litter, Little, excuse me, uh, offensive lineman out of Stanford. Andrew Thomas, the big tackle out of Georgia. Calvin Throckmorton out of Oregon. And Jedrick Willis Jr. out of Alabama rounds up your first team All-American team. Now, Sarah, I think we can kind of put aside our arguments for the offensive line. I'm sure you'd like to see a little more Iowa Hawkeye representation in there. I'd like to mm -hmm. see a little more University of Georgia representation in there. But if you had to pick, uh, you know, one area uh, where you might have some disagreements, I know you've got the full list probably right there in front of your face. But which one of these positions on the yeah. offensive side of the ball uh, do you maybe have an issue with or, or do you think one of your guys might be a little higher? Gosh, man, this is going to go against something that I said on a previous episode where we talked about hills that we would die on. Um, and it's to a tag of Iloa at the quarterback position. I think that obviously this is one of my guys, man. This is a guy that I'm saying, like, if I'm evaluating from the NFL perspective, I'm taking this guy number one overall in this year's draft, no doubt the 2020 draft, that is. But I can't believe they picked him over Trevor Lawrence for the first team quarterback. I mean, I. I I don't think Trevor Lawrence is hype. I think that he proved in that national championship game that this dude is. I think um, there was an anecdote that I read in this magazine. By the way, I'm holding the magazine right here. I don't just have the list in front of me. I got the Athlon Sports preseason uh, publication right here. I'm holding the physical copy. Um, but I was reading the Clemson page, and it said that after Trevor Lawrence became their quarterback – that they started winning games by an average of almost 37 points Eesh. per game. And that includes all the way through the college football playoff. And so yeah. I think that obviously that's a team effort, but I also believe that Trevor Lawrence had quite a bit to do with that. And so if I'm looking for the, the first discrepancy other than my, my Iowa boy on the offensive line, and we can talk about that in a bit here, but if I'm looking for the first thing that I'm like, oh, geez, I don't know quite about that. I, w I would put Trevor Lawrence as the first team All American QB over Tua right now, and I don't I don't say that as a slight to what I believe Tua is going to be this year or going forward in the NFL. But I was surprised by that. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think Trevor Lawrence probably has the better statistical year there in Clemson. I just think they have an easier road to hoe there in the ACC. Obviously, the SEC's littered. Uh, with tremendous defensive talent there. So maybe a little uh, higher chance for some t uh, statistical, uh, you know, great numbers basically is what I'm trying to say there from Trevor Lawrence. So I I'm kind of there with you. I definitely think he's the better uh, player right now. And I definitely think he's going to be the better pro is Trevor Lawrence than Tua. But like you said, I mean, there's nothing there we dislike with Tua. It's just that I think both of us believe in Trevor Lawrence that highly. Now, the only thing I would have to say about the quarterback position on this Athlon Sports ranking uh, has to be Sam Ellinger right there at uh, third-team offense over Jake Fromm. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Jake Fromm's ever going to light it up statistically. 
I'm just not into this Sam Ellinger hype. I know everyone wants to compare him to Tim Tebow. Um, I know he had mm. a bunch of rushing touchdowns last year, but I just I don't necessarily believe the hype. We know he let we he loses uh, little Jordan Humphreys to the NFL draft this year. I know he still got one big long lanky receiver out there at Texas, but that's a football team that returned. I think they lose you know four or five starters on either on both sides of the football out there in Texas. So I don't really see no ten or eleven win football team. Uh, out of the Longhorns. Now, the other area of concern or maybe an issue I would have, and I'm going to kind of lean against my ties here. I know I talked about DeAndre Swift in previous episodes, but A.J. Dillon out of Boston College is going to light it up this season, man. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> and for him to not make, you know, a second team at least here, uh, taking two running backs, you're telling me he's not going to put up, you know, one of the best four seasons in all college football this year. I just don't necessarily believe that. And a guy that I might switch him out with here is John. Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. This is a guy who lost three of his starting five offensive linemen to the NFL last year um, off that Wisconsin offensive line. Obviously, they'll fill in those holes. I know it's Wisconsin. They pretty much plug and play six foot six, three hundred fifteen pound white guys. I don't know where they find them, but they must be up there, <laughs> up there in oodles um, in you know the Big Ten country. But nonetheless, that is one area of improvement I would make as well. Is there another one you might have a bone to pick here with Athlon? Uh, in any of these other offensive positions. Yeah, so I wrote an article about this on NFL Mocks today just because I thought it was so noteworthy. Um, the absence, I'll just spoil it right now, and then I'll tell you how I arrived at this, but the absence of Iowa offensive tackle Tristan Wirfs on this first-team All-American list is a bit confusing to me. I know that uh, I know that we've argued, not argued, but we've talked a little bit about you know the Georgia offensive line versus mm-hmm. the Iowa O-line, and it appears Athlon is in agreement with you that that Georgia has the number one O line in the country, and Iowa's ranked all the way down at a pathetic seventh. But um, no, yeah, no Tristan Wirfs here on the top five offensive linemen in the country, and I was kind of confused by that. So I thought, well, surely he's on the second team All American list. So I flipped the page over and I scour the the list, and there's an Iowa offensive tackle, sure enough, but it's Alaric Jackson the junior uh, left tackle. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, that's interesting. He's not on second team All-American. He must be on third team All-American. Nope, not on that either. So Athlon doesn't have Tristan Wirfs, the Iowa hand-clean record holder and a guy who was planting dudes in the dirt last year at right tackle. They don't have him in the top 15 old linemen in the entire country now. I know if you're looking at the online version, they've got him on the fourth team, which is... It just it's basically, center. you know, yeah, that, and that doesn't even make any sense because yeah, he's their right tackle. Player, I mean, come on, yeah, just, just give me a break, Athlon. Yeah, yeah, and so I, I mean, I take issue with that. I, I could see second team All American if you feel like there's a couple of really good tackles in the country ahead of him, and that's fine. But I mean, give me a break. This guy could be one of the top two or three drafted players uh, in the 2020 NFL draft at the offensive tackle spot. He's a right tackle. And not only that, he's an underclassman. He's only got one full year of starting experience. But let me hit you. Let me hit you with probably the best, the best stat I can give you about this guy, Tristan Wirfs. Okay. Give it, I'm going to give it to you right now. Kirk Ferentz, longest tenured as of, as of game one this year, he will be the longest tenured head coach in Iowa history over the great Hayden Fry. This is Kirk Ferentz's 21st year as the head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes. And here's something crazy. At either tackle position, 
never has there ever been a true freshman to start at either tackle position in all of Kirk Ferentz's years until Tristan Wirfs in 2017. If that doesn't tell you anything about how good this kid is, I don't know what does. Kirk Ferentz is, is notorious for seniority preferences on his on his lineup, and for him to play, at, you know, you know, Ferentz used to be for those who are under the age of let's say 25. Kirk Ferentz used to be a really high quality offensive line coach in the NFL. Actually, coached under Bill Belichick on on one of those Cleveland Browns teams that made some noise in the playoffs back in the in the 90s but uh, or I think it was maybe the 80s or the 90s but um yeah so Kirk Ferentz and a really good offensive line coach and obviously his sons were offensive line offensive line men for him playing for him mm-hmm. so he's just a guru and and for him to never play a true freshman at either tackle position that's two I mean that's two guys every year for 20 years that's 40 that's 40 opportunities for somebody to take that spot and for Tristan Wirfs to be the only guy uh, I think that's pretty impressive, man. So, and and not to say that that should make him a first team All American in the preseason, but I mean, give me a break. This guy has just, like I said, planting people in the dirt last year, running people off the screen, doing some blindside type of stuff, um, and he's only going to get better. So, that's my rant for the day on Tristan Wirfs, the Iowa offensive tackle. I was about to ask you. I didn't want to be a a, a douche when you were done, but I was about to say, "Are you done?" <laughs> you were so hey man, some Hawkeye love. No, I talk, we talked about it today, man. You got to you got to teach me to fan, and it looks like uh, all I got to do is listen and learn from you. Uh, you you fan pretty well, uh, and uh, Tristan Wirfs, we're definitely looking out for him. And this is gonna be your, you you calling your shot right here. You calling your Iowa Hawkeye shot when he makes an All American team this year and winds up, uh, you know, eventually being a top highly touted uh, NFL draft prospect. But an area of concern I have here on this list, just right quick, one more before we leave the offensive side of the football. Man, C.D. Lamb doesn't make a first or second team preseason Mm -hmm. All-American spot. Uh, Look, I know Dylan – what's his last name? I'm losing it here. Excuse me. Tylen Wallace had a big season last year at Oklahoma State, I believe, almost 1,500 yards and a handful of scores. But C.D. Lamb's going to light it up, even without, you know, Heisman caliber quarterback play like he's had in the last two seasons uh, there now with Jalen Hurts as opposed to Baker and Kyler Murray. But that's maybe – maybe I'm just really high on C.D. Lamb. Another guy I'm really high on is Creed Humphrey, the center there from Oklahoma too. So uh, I'll stop with my Oklahoma love for the day. And let's move on to the defensive side of the football. Here are the first-team guys, uh, Derek Brown, defensive tackle out of Auburn. A.J. Epinesa, I'm really struggling with names tonight, Sarah. Uh, Epinesa, uh, the defensive end there out of Iowa. Your Hawkeyes, Kenny Wilkes from Michigan State. Mm -hmm. Chase Young from Ohio State. Joe Batchy, the linebacker from Michigan State. Dylan Moses, the linebacker from Alabama. Evan Weaver, a linebacker from Cal. Uh, Paulson Adebo, uh, cornerback out of Stanford. Bryce Hall, cornerback out of West Virginia, or excuse me, Virginia. And then the two safety spots, Grant Delpit and Aloe Gilman. Uh, I think those two were pretty much locked up. I know, I know you could make maybe an argument for J.R. Reed there at that second safety spot. But what are your first, uh, you know, takeaways from this list? And, and what's your f- first point of concern there, sir? You know, my initial takeaway was I love seeing AJ Epinesa there at the top. You remember that was one of the yeah I was gonna die on. So I definitely like seeing that. I like seeing him get some <laughs> national respect. 
mind you, this is a guy who hasn't really even started any games. And so he's getting an All-American nod here based on strictly what he's done out of that NASCAR package and a little bit of extended work last year. So I like seeing the respect in that regard. I'm very interested. Uh, I don't know if I have too many qualms about this, but I'm very interested. This is one of the first years where I don't really recognize the linebackers on the list. Uh, You usually have a big name guy from Alabama or like last year we had a Devin white out of LSU. Um, you know, you got these big name guys coming out or Devin Bush out of Michigan as well. Yeah. Um, but this year it's Joe, Joe Batchy from Michigan state. I mean, Dylan, Dylan Moses, I'm sure is the next in line for, you know, for the crimson tide and Evan Weaver. I mean, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to Google these guys, man. I don't know anything about these guys. And so that would be my main point of contention is I just don't, I, it's just a lack of knowledge about who these guys are. And maybe that's a, a couple of lashes on the, uh, on the old wrist for me because I haven't quite done that much research on it yet, but I, those off ball linebackers, I just don't know any of them. So I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts? That actually was one of my thoughts was uh, I had an issue with Shaq Quarterman right here from Miami being on third team at one of these linebacker spots, man. Miami, the Hurricanes this year, will have uh, one of the best linebacking cores in all the country with Shaq Quarterman and Trajan Bandy right there. Quarterman was highly touted out of high school uh, and I believe has played there four years now, so really, really experienced uh, in the ACC, played a lot of football. And, man, he gets around and, and pops people. I really like Quarterman's game. Uh, I haven't, I'm, I'm going to tell you what, I don't watch a lot of Pac-12 football, me being on the East Coast out here, so it's kind of hard for me to stay up and watch those guys. I haven't seen much Evan Weaver football nor Troy Dye from Oregon. So uh, Shaq Quarterman, to me, I know how good he is um, and how, how, how his game is going to translate at the next level. And you can honestly kind of say the same thing about the quarterback's uh, pool here in this preseason All-Americans list. I know we all know about Bryce Hall, the cornerback from Virginia. He's supposed to be a highly touted pick this season. Uh, but outside of that, man, a lot of these names we haven't really heard of. I know I know of Christian Fulton uh, out of LSU just because of my SEC ties down here. But I think the real highlight of this list, man, and if it's just one name, uh, it's Grant Delpit. I love Grant Delpit out of LSU. Uh, I've been on record saying he's, if not one of, he is the best player in college football uh, just in terms of all around. What do you think, man? Yeah, Grant Delpit, obviously a guy that people were talking about and just gushing over this past year, right? I mean, kind of that do-everything safety. I love LSU seems to have one guy, at least one guy every year who you're just like, oh, man, this guy is going to look really good playing on Sundays. Yeah. And uh, he's the next in line. And so, and almost strictly cool. defensively. That guy is almost always yes. on the oh, defensive 100%. side of the ball. Yeah. Yeah, border if not for Odell and Jarvis, you know, that'd be borderline hundred percent at this point. And they've got a yeah. they've got a decent string of running backs out there. But yeah, man, I mean it's it is almost every year they've got an NFL player playing on defense for them. And uh it's it's typically an underclassman too, right? I mean, these guys they quickly become something. You just kinda for LSU fans, you almost kinda wish that they could get more more of that together, but I also another guy that I really like on this list is Chase Young. I think obviously mm-hmm. being that he played with Nick Bosa last year at, at well, you know, played is is a relative term, but yeah. he was on the roster with Nick Bosa last year and uh, Draymond Jones having a big breakout year for the Buckeyes and so not necessarily overshadowed because he's probably got the best burst of all those guys if I can say I was that. About I mean to ask Nick that, Bosa that's Sarah. a tough one. But. 
I was about to ask, man, I know we're all quite a ways from the combine, but what do you think Chase, Young's, Chase Young puts down test and measurable-wise? I know he's going to come in about 6'5", 6'6", yeah. like 265 range. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> what, you think he's a pretty twitchy athlete, as do I. Um, what do you think he turns in? Can he turn in a four five eight four six flat? Um, and, and how does he move yeah. in the positional drills? What do you think? Yeah, I think you're. I think you're setting the bar at a four six zero oh, and seeing if he can break it. Yeah. You know, I mean, at that size, you can't really expect too much more than that. But I mean, look at Bradley Chubb a couple years ago. You know, he was he was a sub four six guy, I think, or really close to it. And so, I think if 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 he can do that, I think Chase Young can can get there so yeah man he's gonna be i mean he's gonna be one of those guys that people tune in to the defensive ends to watch these guys run just yeah. to see this guy go and and so yeah he's he's a special athlete and ohio state's always just loaded i mean if you look across the board on this this all-american team and i don't know if you can hear the turning of actual pages here but that's what we're doing You're here so we're, old, we're turning the actual page <laughs> i know i know i'm an old soul I'm an old soul. Yeah, they Ohio State actually only has one other defender on their All-American list here, so Jordan Fuller, the safety. But we always know that they recruit well. They're always loaded. They've always got somebody out there. But, yeah, Chase Young, definitely a special type of athlete. And I think a lot of people were really excited to to see him play kind of out of the shadow of those other guys. And so I'll be I'll be interested to see how he responds. I mean, there's a lot of hype, a lot of hype. But um, he's definitely definitely got the athletic ability to live up to it. All right. That is our take on the Athlon Sports Preseason All-American team. And, again, if you want to check that out, uh, run over on to athlonsports.com. If they're going to provide us with 20 free minutes of content, uh, we can, the least you can do is go click on their article. Um, but yeah, anyways, or better yet, go buy the go buy the magazine. You know, yeah, don't do that because nobody buys magazines anymore. Um, <laughs> but nah, here we go. Let's get into our blazing takes. I'll let you start off, Sarah. Kind of whet the people's appetite. Let them know how this is going to go. <laughs> Give us an example of a blazing take, my man. Yeah, a blazing take is you know it's just something that's so out there that's like okay, you're screaming for. You know what people call another name for a hot take is clickbait. You know you're looking for a reaction. You're fishing for a reaction. You would, you know, I would say to you, you know, LeBron James sucks, and then you would. That's a hot take. You know, LeBron James doesn't suck. I know that obviously, but it gets it gets people riled up. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And it gets it brings out the worst in people is what a hot take does. A flame and a flaming hot take. Is something that's so far away from the realm of realism that it's just like, why would this person stake their reputation on such comment? And uh, I think one of the, <laughs> it's funny. It's funny that I I would even go scouring for this, but I went to, as we were looking for topics to discuss today, I went onto the NFL Twitter page and I saw a little uh, little ditty from old Brian Baldinger who has some great breakdowns. Love watching the Baldy breakdowns. Love listening to his thoughts on what he sees on film. So I'm not trying to slam that at all. But Baldy went out there and predicted a rushing title for I'll give you I'll give you five guesses. You won't guess it. I'll give you ten guesses. You won't guess it. He went out and predicted a rushing title for Joe Mixon mm. of the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'm a not team about that, that is going to be down. A team that is going to be down in every single one of their football games this year. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's 
they're going to have to throw to win. I yeah. don't know that. And I, we've seen the running game really thrive in whatever off. I don't Zach Taylor doesn't call plays, so I can't say he's bringing over the McVay offense because I'm sure it'll be an iteration of it. But also, Mixon is not Todd Gurley. He is a talented player, very, very talented player. But I just don't know with all the other competition he's going to have. Le'Veon Bell's back in the league. Uh, I mean, my gosh, you've got Saquon Barkley who's going to get probably borderline 400 rushes. It's just Mm -hmm. I don't know that Joe Mixon is going to lead the NFL in rushing, especially because the Bengals have a pretty good stable of backs. I mean, he's not going to be eating every single carry for them. He may be one of the league leaders in yards from scrimmage, but I'm not trying to say he's the he's going to be the league's rushing king this year. Let's settle down on that a little bit. Not to mention the Bengals' old line. I mean, it's it's three fifths completed right now. It's not even a finished product. So let's settle down on that flaming hot take there, Baldinger. All right, well, let's settle down on that one and let's flame up the heat on this next one that's coming straight to you from your boy. Here it is. The Bills, led by my beloved Josh Allen, will win 11 games. <laughs> will win 11 games Woo! and clinch a wild card berth this season, obviously, because those are those hatred uh, New England Patriots will obviously win the division with something like 12 or 13 games. Look, we all, again, we all know how big and bad New England is and how still big and bad they are. But of the three lousy teams in the AFC East, I think the Bills are the least lousy, Sarah. So I took a look at the schedule today, and obviously mm-hmm. they get the four games against the Jets and the Dolphins. They're going to clean sweep those guys because it's a hot take, and that's what we're doing. And then think about this. They're home against the Bengals. They get the Giants on the schedule this year because they play the NFC East. That means they also get the Redskins. Of course, they got to play the Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys, but we're not going to talk about that. And then they'll get, they'll get your Broncos in week 11. And mm. let's be honest, Sarah, let's face it, on the road, the Broncos could be starting a rookie quarterback by that point in the season. So I think that's a victory as well. Loved all the offseason moves. Love the quarterback. Ed Oliver in the defense is going to be something special. Lock it in. Bills, 11 wins, wild card berth. How about that hot take? Mm, you know, I can't wait to see what Von Miller is about to do to Josh Allen. Oh, <laughs> ooh, that gets me excited. Uh, no, well, in the spirit of predicting Broncos losses, here was another flaming hot take from this week. That lit- I mean, it had the entirety of Broncos country up in arms. Adam Rank of the NFL Network goes out and predicts not one, but two victories for the Broncos this season. I can't what? even begin. He 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 lit- he actually predicted two and fourteen. And I'll tell you how egregious this prediction is. Not that not that crazy things haven't happened in the NFL. I've seen zero and sixteen twice in my lifetime. I've witnessed it, and I never thought I would see it. I th- I thought that it was harder to win. Uh, I thought it was harder to lose all 16 regular season games than to win all 16, and I've now seen both. I've seen it a combined three times. But in in the history of the Denver Broncos, the last time they had only two victories was a lockout shortened season in 1982 before Pat Bowen, who is now deceased, rest in peace, owned the team, before John Elway was even drafted into the NFL by the Baltimore Colts. You have to go back that far to find the last time the Denver Broncos won only two games in a season. And I will point out the lowest of the low for the Denver Broncos in the last decade was a 4-12 season under the guidance, if you can call it that, of head coach Josh McDaniels, who was fired in the middle of the season for cheating 
before a London game against the San Francisco 49ers. That team won four games last year. The Broncos' second worst team that I've ever seen in my lifetime won five or six games, and and they were I mean they were just terrible. They were terrible. Two actually two years ago they won five games, so that was even worse. But they even at their very worst they've won four games. It is hard in the NFL to win only two games. I think five or six teams have done that in the last five or six years. And so I talk about the the hottest take of the offseason, predicting the Broncos to win only two games. It would take catastrophic injuries to all of their best players in order for that to even come close to happening. All right, so I see how we're the, we're doing this. I'm creating my own hot takes, and Sarah's getting pissed off at other people's hot takes and bringing them to you. <laughs> either either way, it works for the listeners because they get a little laugh and they get a little stick from me. Hopefully these hopefully these stick, man. And my next one that I hope sticks. How about this hot take? Mitch Trubisky will throw for 4,500 yards this season. All right, from it. yeah, man, I know it's it's a hefty one. It's bla- it's a blazing take, man. It's it's straight out of left field. It's hot. All right, from his yeah. rookie year to last year, we saw an improvement in the following categories. Yards, touchdowns, attempts, completion percentage, yards per attempt. You name a statistical category, Mitch Trubisky doubled, tripled, ex- you know, quadrupled his value last season in his first season under Jim Nagy. Give the, give the kid one more offseason under Nagy this season, and I can guarantee you, you won't see Trubisky missing any wide-open guys like we saw last season. Mitch Trubisky... 4,500 yards plus this season in Chicago. Stamp it. Mm. Mm. You have a lot more faith in, in Trubisky and Josh Allen than I do. I'll say that much. That's for sure. I mean, they're just, sure. they're just scorching takes, man. I mean, no one's going to remember what I, I like say. It. No one's going to remember what I say 365 days from now. So, I mean, when we were, when we were visiting, when we were visit these next time, I guarantee you, unless, you know, a couple of our avid listeners, they'll, uh, they'll hold my feet to the fire, but until we're big shot, baby, I'm going to keep faking it till I make it. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'll give, I'll give you one of my personal hot takes and this may not be that hot of a take, but I'm I'm here to say I don't think Tyreek Hill should play another down in the NFL. Oh, give and, it to uh, me! Come I, on. I'm not a I'm not a big. I am. A, I will say this. I'm a huge. I'm huge on second chances for guys, and I don't. I don't condone anybody's behavior by any means, but I do believe, just in general, the principle of getting a second chance. You know, I I don't think that one bad mistake rules you out of life essentially. But at the same time, there are certain things that. There, there are earthly consequences. There are there are consequences in our lifetime for things that that people do. And I'm not going to say we because I'm not going to associate with this kind of activity. But there are certain consequences for things that people do, like you know choking your pregnant girlfriend or or hitting a child that do not warrant any sort of criminal investigation or consideration to even play again. If that's something that actually happened in the history of somebody's life, the consequence for that should be you don't get to get paid to play professional football. And that's just uh, the unfortunate reality in my opinion. And so as much as I think, I think you put fans in a really awkward predicament as well, because you're putting fans in a position to say like, well, I really want Tyree kill the football player to play for my football team. But I really don't want Tyree kill the person around 
you know, I don't really want to root for Tyreek Hill, the person on my football team, if that makes any sort of sense. I mean, you're stuck in this moral, you know, whirlwind here of like, well, I don't condone what he did, but I really want him to play for my football team. And I'm holding out hope that he's going to play this year. And it's sad that that people are holding out hope that he's going to play There's a kid out there who's, you know, had traumatic experiences in his life as a result of this guy's actions and and a woman who's gone through a lot and so you know we're getting pretty deep here nah, getting super deep i gotta settle down for a minute but i just think that i mean tyree kill should not be playing another down in the nfl and that's not me judging the guy that's just me saying look there's a consequence for what you've done and yeah. you can't get paid a ton of money to play football when you've done stuff that you've done that's just it so that's my hot take uh, right there. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing you talked about second chances. I mean, he had his second chance. His second chance was, you know, getting a chance to go play at West Alabama after being kicked out of Oklahoma State for choking that pregnant girlfriend. And then, you know, he gets a, a second chance there at West Alabama. And if you want to call it, he gets a third chance in the NFL as a fifth-round draft pick there in Kansas City. And now we have this issue of, you know, uh, abuse towards the child that was in the belly of that pregnant woman, you know, four or five years ago that he was alleged, uh, you know, to have been choking. So, uh, you know, you got domestic violence, you've got, you know, abuse against a child, all alleged, obviously, none of it's sticking in court because as we see in most of these cases, and I know, like you said, we're getting a little deep here, but it's the trend in domestic violence. Um, you know, the accuser doesn't really want to call upon the accused because they don't really, you know, if he were to lose his job she feels all kinds of you know responsibility for that it's it's a re, it's a revolving cycle as we've seen over the last four or five years here with Tyreek Hill it's pretty evident um you know I'm not speaking on behalf of the guy I have played against him but that's my only relation with him um it's pretty clear to me that he hasn't really learned any type of lessons in terms of his violence uh and his behavior um if the voice recordings of that aren't enough evidence for you um I don't know what else to show you or to put in front of your face to believe it um we obviously hate to see that sarah but what else do you hate to see you hate to see it our last <laughs> closing segment um what do you got for today my guy man you hate to see I, I read something today you hate to you hate to see it for tampa bay rays fans man they're having they're finally having a decent year and uh this rumor pops up today or this report pops up today that they've been given permission get this this is going to sound so weird you're not even going to probably believe it they've been given permission to explore the idea of playing the first half of their season in Tampa Bay and the second half of their season in uh Montreal in Canada what in the and world i've never yeah i've never have you hate to see it man you hate you hate to see a fan base just totally uh totally just ditch their team like this but i mean man it's it's got to be one of the worst ideas that i've ever heard you would never if you were a player you would never willingly sign up for that no. uh it, it just you just hate to see it man you hate to see a, a professional baseball team doing something so weird something uh, something i've never heard of and it brings it it reminds me of the fact that i think think you hate to see I hate to see every single London game the NFL plays I can't yeah. <clears throat> not no offense to any of you out in London who love going to see those NFL games it's a cool opportunity but like that has no advantage to me in terms of what these football teams and what these players are doing on a given year I mean no, no, the, no, the no, changing no. of locations 
I gotta stop you. So I gotta stop you because I'll forget. Yeah. I'll forget this rant. I got something to say about these London games. I swear to God, the Los Angeles Chargers went out there and played uh, this season, and we get a game time scratch from Melvin Gordon at eight o'clock in the morning on the East Coast, and they're midway through the first quarter. And I'm two weeks from a fantasy football playoff, and now I'm gonna lose a game because Melvin Gordon's a day of scratch start at eight o'clock in the morning, and I'm not setting my lineups till 12.30. And don't give me none of this, well, you should have known they were playing in London crap. Because no, how am I supposed to know that? We don't get memos. I don't get a BR, uh, a Bleacher Report notification. I'm sorry to interrupt you on that, but I I had to let that out, man. That ticked me off. Go ahead. No, it's one of the it's one of the many. You're right. It's one of the many reasons why those those games are so annoying. Not only do we not get to watch it because I I never I've never seen a London game like fully in full. I've always been either busy doing stuff or because you know what I I mean with what I do I don't get to be there for that kind of stuff early on Sunday anyway. Yeah. But it just it does nothing for the players. I don't I can't imagine that it's really doing much for the league. Like mm-hmm. we have a draft pick announced every year from London. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are like kind of London's they team should do or that. something, they should, like, they should I don't play eight games it. in Jacksonville, and they should play eight games in London, just like the Tampa Bay Rays are going to do. There you go. Yeah, go. Yeah, go south and go north for you know two halves of the season. It's just you hate to see it, man. Just the changing <laughs> of locations deal. It takes away one of your actual home games, which for the Chargers game last year, I remember that was actually. So the Chargers, when they host the Broncos, it's actually a home game for the Broncos every year. But So when they had to go to London as well, it's like you get two home games taken away. And the Chargers' home field is just trash as it – I mean, I mean yeah. as it really is anyway currently. But at any rate, you hate to see it. Teams who are trying desperately to gain some traction in their fan base and they're going about it all the wrong way there, you hate to see it. All right, man, you hate to see it. The NBA draft was tonight, and after first the first three picks, the first three picks, which everyone knew, uh, by the way, beforehand that were going to happen, everyone seemingly turned off their television. I know I did. We don't care about the rest of the three-person draft, three- or four-name draft. The NFL draft is a three-day spectacle that is talked about for months on end. The NBA draft is three picks long. You hate to see it. Just another example of why the NFL uh, – remains America's top sport. Uh, they just stay in the news. I, I know we've got NBA free agency coming up, but NBA free agency really only applies to the bigger markets and the already more successful teams. Man, the Cleveland Browns faithful uh, and fandom for what, a decade and a half? Their most uh, you know beloved day was draft day, was draft weekend because they had something to look forward to. I just feel like teams like Memphis and uh, you know teams uh, like the Phoenix Suns that are on the bottom half of the league and even hell the New York Knicks for example because they can't seemingly get free agents because of their owner James Dolan um, up there you just hate to see it for those programs and those uh, you know franchises because there's not a lot of hope here uh, especially if if you're like uh, you know the Lakers didn't want that number four overall pick they immediately traded it and then the Pelicans traded out of that um, for the Atlanta Hawks tonight so you just hate to see it an NBA draft only three players deep uh, when the NFL draft is three days long and it seems like even after after that, you can get undrafted free agents that uh, could even start for your year one. So that's what the NFL's got for him, uh, going for him in the future. You just hate to see it. Sarah, send the folks out for tonight. You do. You know, thank you all for listening. It's it's our pleasure to just chat football and 
just talk about talk about sports, man. We get to make fun of the the Major League Baseball, and we get to make fun of the NBA on this podcast. We love, but we know football's king, and we know that you do too. So thank you for listening. Uh, we're in the dog days of June, so if you're listening to this episode in the future and you're trying to find, man, when was that podcast when they were talking about how good Josh Allen was going to be? I need to go find that so I can. So I can call this Brooks guy out. Uh, if you, if you're one of those people, uh, you know what? Why don't you just go ahead and leave a positive review and a five star rating? Anyway, we really appreciate that. Just in general, from you guys, if you leave uh, a nice review and rating and give us some feedback, if you feel like there's ways that we can improve, we're always open to doing that as well. But we appreciate you, the listener, and uh, we thank you guys. Yeah, we do. We appreciate you guys for listening, and uh, we'll see you on Tuesday morning's podcast. Sarah, I will see you Monday night, my brother. Sounds good. We'll see you guys. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.